Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Redeemer Anglican Church podcast. Uh, this week, I am with Father Gary Ball, our leader, our fearless leader, and we're going to be talking about the, the St. Aidan's plan. And I'm going to confess to the audience at large that I really don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> and I'm not really sure uh, what is going on. I do know that my small group shifted courses and we're now doing it. Um, so I'm I'm going to turn that over to you, Gary, to explain what it is, and, and we'll talk a little bit about it. Sure, sure. I mean, it's unique right now because of the COVID situation. But no, in an, under normal circumstances, what we would do is we take four, um, four six-week increments of time, and we teach through um, four semesters. So one would be kind of like a Old Testament study. One would be a New Testament study. Another one would be like spirituality or mission, kind of a spiritual formation type thing. And the other one would be um, like either history or theology topic. And so there's studies. We call it an institute because there were people kind of all over Asheville that were, were interested in, in digging in a little bit deeper. Um, and so they, we thought, you know, it might be attractive to people even outside of Redeemer. And originally it was. Um, but we just... We that's been something that's been a priority for us. And so the idea is that there's a personal formation element to it. But also we live in a culture where where people are asking a little a lot of questions. Um, and so we want to be able to give people the confidence to feel like they know who we are. And so it's a little bit of uh, training, uh, but also personal formation. St. Aidan was in England and he evangelized. Um, from the island of Lindisfarne. A lot of people are familiar with it. And when he came to uh, Lindisfarne and he went to the mainland and he began to evangelize, he realized that a lot of people living there had a really bad idea of what Christians were. Um, and the, the people that previously tried to tell people, tell the villagers about the good news, the Christians, had come back and said, wow, these people are terrible that you know they don't they won't accept us blah 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 but what he found out when he got there that were the christians actually were the ones sort of being uh, the ones that were mistreating and so what he was intent his intention was to um, educate people on the island kind of a monastic life that they would go back into the villages they would serve and they would love and they would talk and they would teach people about the Lord. And it was a successful effort in that regard. And so it is, is where people, we named this St. Aidan's essentially to say, like, that's what we want to do. We want to love our neighbors. Um, we want to serve them. But we want to be equipped when they ask, why do you do these things that we, we feel confident in telling them? So we have four six-week sessions where we study uh, the Bible and, and other things about our identity as Christians. Um, so in this season of COVID, we were trying to figure out what in the world to do. We also trans, um, transferred to um, table groups because we felt like people needed to, to be connected this time. People were longing for connection. There was also the isolation was just uh, was so difficult. And so when, when St. Aidan's came around, we had originally thought, you know what we want to do? We're going to take a break from small groups, which is what we had intended to do in order to have these teaching. But what we had determined was, based on some feedback, was that at this point, it's really important to keep people connected. And so let's just funnel these teachings through the table groups 
so that people don't, because if people have to drop out of a table group and re-register for this other teaching, we figured we'd lose a ton of people, people just not willing to re-register or whatever. And also there's been a trust built within our communities. And so let's just build on that and show a, a quick video. Some of the other leaders in table groups were saying, you know what, we love more directed conversation anyways and also some help in kind of drawing out people into the discussion. And so we thought this might help on that front as well. So there's a long answer to your question. Yeah, so I'm in a table group and we've decided, or not decided, we've been ordered by our leader <laughs> um, of our table group that we're gonna do St. Aidan's. And so it's a, it's, it's a sort of a Bible study, but, but also um, a, a way of thinking. Um, so a sort of a way of helping people understand the purpose and vision of the church. Is that a fair summation? It is. It is. It, it's, de- it's definitely a Bible study, but right now going into the season of uh, political season, we thought it would be great to think about a kingdom politic. And so it's a Bible study that is um, towards that end, thinking about what it means to have a kingdom politic. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. And uh, not not whether you're wearing a red hat or a blue hat, but just more about your purpose as a believer and how we how we sort of engage with the world. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's a really good way of putting it. That um, it's it's funny. I guess it was the title is sort of meant to be provocative um, because to get people to participate in a Zoom study. Uh, has to be, <laughs> we have to be a little provocative and make people wonder, hmm, what does that mean? But the the goal is to say that the, the kingdom of God uh, has a politic. And the way that we, Jesus came proclaiming the kingdom, I mean, that was his whole thing. I came to proclaim the kingdom, that it is near, that it is among us, um, that we are in its midst. Um, all of these things, he came to preach the kingdom. And in response, we were, we repent and we are baptized as citizens into this kingdom of God. And so we have this very civic metaphor used for what it means to be a Christian. But we can't avoid the fact that the kingdom does have a politic because the language of salvation is the kingdom of God, which insinuates that we are under the rule and reign of a king. And then Paul refers to us as citizens. And then in 2 Corinthians, he even says that we are ambassadors. And so there's a lot of language that we're familiar with on the civic side of things that Jesus sets the framework for. And Paul helps us to imagine our participation in the kingdom of God in contrast to our participation participation in the kingdoms of this world. And so he, we kind of have these two kingdoms. And you maybe have heard um, uh, some people talk about uh, the Christians as a colony or as re- uh, resident aliens. St. Augustine uses this in, in his uh, whole concept of the city of God. That we live here in and among the world is a colony of heaven. And so it's like we're not separate from the world. We fully participate in it. But we ourselves have a politic, and politics simply means that we have a common set of beliefs that are put into practice. Um, And so 
I guess the big question, Brandon, that I'm trying to help kind of get to and, re- and rethink in this season is does our participation in the world start with our political party or our ideas about how we participate in politics built on and come out of our understanding about the gospel? In which order, I guess, is the is the question. Right. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a, you, you decided to take a light topic <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, right. and uh, delve into it. I mean, I could just hear the people, uh, you know, that start, quoting scripture in their head when you when you um, preface uh, Winthrop's city on a hill sermon to the Puritans as they come to the Americas, that has been so often misconstrued as mm-hmm. to what that really means, that we are we are to be salt and light uh, to the world. Uh, you know, as Jesus says in 517, we have not he did not come to to basically end the law, but to fulfill the law. And that those are complicated subjects because it depends on which side of the fence you're on oftentimes as to how you would interpret some of that scripture. Is that going to be some of the work that we're going to do in the St. Aiden study? Yeah, I mean, a little bit. I think that the goal is, when you think about a kingdom politic, it is naturally um, transcendent, and, and in the sense of uh, a participation in the heavenly, but it also transcends borders. And so a lot of times, yeah, I mean, in America, there's been a lot of language used as is America, the city on the hill, or are we kind of that. But what, what, what this study will help us to do is see us as a part of a people throughout all history that has been used by God to be starting with Abraham. But he chose a people, a family to be a blessing um, to all the world. Um, and then we see uh, this freed slaves from Egypt who are called a priesthood and a holy nation. And they're given the commandments and, and this covenant made with God. And then you see this exiled people who are then said, after Genesis 11, we see after Babel, the people scattered. We see um uh, Isaiah, Isaiah prophesying, saying, you will be made into a light for the nations. They will be drawn to you. And so now this restored community becomes a means of, of salvation to those who are scattered. And then ultimately in Jesus and at Pentecost, where the nations are gathered. Um, and so there's this idea that, that salvation so many times is individualized and privatized. And so my faith is all about me accepting Jesus in my heart and going to heaven. But what we see in this story that I just referenced, that God has always used his people as a means by which he, they participate in his saving work, in the redemption of the world through Jesus Christ. And so we are more than just individual, physical uh, uh, or spiritual souls simply waiting to go to heaven. We are people who live fully here to be used by God as participants in his redemptive work here on earth. And so my goal is to see us are, uh, as a as citizens of this kingdom, trans, transcending borders and boundaries that are held together by one thing, and that is um, that we uh, we serve under a king named Jesus, but the the king that we serve um, 
contrast the king, kings and kingdoms of this world. And so the idea is that we as citizens of that kingdom, living our politic, we are um, contrasting the ways of the world in ways that do not isolate us from the world, but acknowledge that we are set apart for the world in the way that we live amongst each other, whether it be hospitality or forgiveness or giving away power as our king did, right? That we are, we are confronting the world in ways that is redeeming it. Yeah, it's funny. You, I was listening to you say you kept saying the world and the nations. Uh, nowhere in scripture does it say, uh, for God so loved the United States, that he gave his only son. It, it it often becomes this sort of local, I'm only going to focus on my local community. I'm only going to focus on my nation. Um, but we are called as believers to be the salt and light to the world and not hide our light under a bushel basket, but to, to shine our light to the world. And that is a difficult thing sometimes, I think, to wrap our minds around. So I'm really looking forward to this study to sort of, as you put it, the body politic to figure out how best do we serve in that kingdom? Yeah, yeah. Well, we had um, our first Thursday night Zoom last night, the one that I led, and it was really neat because I think at the beginning people were definitely skeptical and wondering, you know, what is this all about? And, and most people are like, oh, I kind of keep my politics, you know, under under wraps. But what what we were what they came to discover is like wow we actually are political as the kingdom of god not in the sense of partisan politics but i loved like that the last night i knew that we were getting it when at the end someone said oh so i guess i guess tithing is a political like it's a kingdom politic right and and i asked her to expand on it and she said well the way that we use our money as Christians, the way that we um, think about whether it be giving away what we have or to use it freely for, for the kingdom of God or our ideas of consumption or whatever it might be, that that is a contrast to the way the world typically looks at, at money. And so in that sense, it would be a way of saying in the kingdom of God, this is the way we do our life as a way of showing the world that this is God's intention for the way that we live. And I always just like kind of did a bit of a fist pump because I realized, yes, we're getting it. We're moving away from partisanship and rooting ourselves in the kingdom of God and not saying that, at the, that you don't identify with one party or as another because Luther and Calvin and the Reformation they had very different conclusions about which system was the best system to be able to live out our faith within. But can we have a common set of values within the church um, that, that are a witness to the world about who, uh, who we are in the kingdom under the reign of Jesus Christ? Yeah, I think it's, it's so interesting because so many different uh, Christian expressions, uh, if you will, have you talked about tithing? Have such different, you know, views on tithing. Some people say, "Oh, you know, it's a tithing is so critical. You give to the church and only that." But if you think about everything that you have as a gift from God, as is in a sense that you're borrowing it, God is allowing you to use it so that everything is meant to go back to God. 
you will think about your money and your time and your resources far more differently than you would if you say, well, this is my money and I'll give away 10% or 20 or whatever percentage you come up with to X church or X uh, associate, whatever it is you're going to give it to. When you think about it as borrowed and meant to be given back to a kingdom uh, expression, it's a very different view of that thing, that consumption or whatever it is that you have. Yeah. And that's our goal is the people of God is to be a prophetic voice to the world of that reality. And tithing is one example of the way that we give ourselves away. Um, and we participate in the life of a king who died on a cross, who was broken, uh, whose body was broken and his blood spilled out for the sake of the world. And our politic is that, that we, that we give ourselves um, and so we, that expression is lived out in our community, our hospitality, our service to each other, our willingness to give of our resources, all of these things as a way of the world looking in, I call it in the study, the, the door of heaven, as, as John says in the Revelation, where the door is open and he was invited to take a peek into heaven that we offer the world a peek into heaven, not just as things that as they are going to be, but as the way they are, are they are already in the kingdom of God. We are expression of that as a prophetic witness to the ways of this world. And that requires us not to have an individual privatized faith, but a very a public and communal faith that we hold these things in common and that, we, that it's our politic. It's our common belief that we practice in in the midst of our community. Yeah, well said. So the St. Aidan's study is, in a sense, an equipping um, study for all of us, or if, if, if nothing, a reminder to all of us of what why we are here and what yeah. we are doing um, at, at Redeemer and in the greater Christian community. Um, any last thoughts on on what people should be looking for? Um, what what they should be looking for as they go through the study and towards the end of it, um, moving forward? No, I just think that by the end of it, I hope that we we realize, you know what, we we are rooted in the gospel, and um, that's my decisions are are not made for me in the sense of uh, from a party platform out, but they are rooted in this kingdom of God. And that we participate in the world as an expression of that reality. So I would encourage people, if you're not a part of a small group, to um, look at the link provided in the newsletter. Sign up for a small group. If you are if you don't want to be in a small group, that's okay, too. We have a Thursday night Zoom at 745. Um, the link is always in our newsletter, and we'd love to have you join us for that. That is a live teaching. The one through the small groups will be a brief uh, recorded teaching, and then the majority will be a conversation, hopefully, that will be facilitated by the table group leaders. Well, awesome. I'm excited to go through this, and I'm excited to travel with people, whether it's, uh, you know, virtually or Zoom-based. Um, regardless, it makes me feel connected to the community, and I'm excited to to do the study with everybody, and I hope others are. Um, obviously, if anybody has a question, can email, they can go on the website and email Rebecca or Gary or somebody to ask those questions. And we look forward to going through the journey together. Yep. And the link's always on the, Google, on the calendar on our website, RedeemerAsheville.com. 
So thanks, Brandon. I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to summarize what's going on. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Gary. Talk to you soon. All right. Bye.